Hello, Vitamizers, and welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. I'm Allison here with MSW Lounge in Austin, Texas. Quapple, whoa, quapple? Couple of quick announcements. Um, as always, the How Do You Health podcast is brought to you by MSW Lounge in Westlake Hills in Austin, Texas. They provide a variety of services, including vitamin shots and IVs, the whole Slenderella family, concierge medicine, chiropractic, massage therapy, a vitamin drink bar, and tons of other local company offerings for ways to clean up your health and naturally stay that way for a long time. Find out more at www.mswlounge.com. We are also brought to you by Slenderella. Slenderella is a vitamin shot and IV blend and supplement blend that was designed to help your liver function optimally. It got its name when the creators started noticing that liver detox was causing many clients to lose weight. Now there is a whole line of different Slenderella blends that you can customize for your needs, as well as the supplement line to support all of your Slenderella goals. You can find distributors and more information at www.slenderellausa.com. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20 minute workouts you can do anywhere. It is also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and, and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more at www.flabstofitness.com. That's F-L-A-B-S-T-O fitness.com. Last but not least, the How Do You Health podcast is sponsored by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. All right, this episode was so fun. We have Jeff Brooks, co-founder and CMO of Aerial Operations here today. Um, his company does stuff that is way smarter than anything I could ever imagine, but basically they... Um, as far as I understand it, they take real-time satellite images of disaster areas. So, for instance, when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, they were able to give emergency responders real-time photos of what was happening in specific locations so that they knew what they were going into when they went there. Um, they knew exactly what trees were down, areas that were flooded, things like that, thanks to this company. So, um, this was a really cool talk. Jeff cares about his health a lot. And as a busy CMO, super type A person, as you will soon hear, he needs to make sure he's on top of it. So definitely give this one a listen. We had a lot of fun. And here is Jeff Brooks, CMO of Aerial Operations. Hi, guys. Well, welcome to the How Do You Help podcast and uh, live video feed. Today we are going to be talking to Jeff Brooks. He is the co-founder and the CMO, yeah, of uh, aerial applications, and uh, obviously aerial applications. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Applications, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about that and what he does for health. I met 
I met Jeff at the, at the yoga studio at Wonderless, and we work out pretty much every morning. Well, I haven't been going in the morning. Yeah, because we've been busy. <laughs> but I know you're there. Uh, and then uh, John here, uh, obviously Nurse Doza, and uh, he is our co-host, and he's going to be leading the way here, and, and uh, knows all the things vitamins as well too. So you can also ask him anything you want about vitamins <laughs> and nutrition. Yeah, uh, and we'll share about. But uh, yeah, and I'm Tex Max Yogi Baldo. Uh, let's get it going. Cool. So, so Jeff. You do yoga, obviously, a lot. Right? I do. You do it. Uh, how many years have you been doing yoga? Um, I, so I started to think back. Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I think I started back in high school. Okay. Um, like, kind of very occasionally did it as like an offbeat idea back in undergrad. Um, so I'm 31 now, right? So I think about about, about 13 years. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Okay, cool. And so has that been like a constant thing amongst your like your health and wellness routine? You know, so it, it hasn't. Um, it's it's been something that like, I came back to as like a touchstone, kind of again and again. And I had done various like you know, I uh, like joined a frat and undergrad, and it was all about like how big could you get kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, frat daddy, just the frat daddy, dude. Yeah, no, really. Um, and so. Uh, I, I did a lot of that, and, uh, and I got pretty big. I was like, you know, two fifteen, two twenty, which on a five ten frame was kind of massive. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say it's five ten. We're gonna go with five ten. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, but then, you know, not too long in doing that, right? Like I was in my mid twenties. Um, I think it was between sets and uh, like doing squats on a, on a on a rack. And my trainer at the time, you know, threw forty fives on. And we started talking. And wasn't really talking. You know, wasn't really thinking about it. it was like, you know, I was in the three hundred range, something like that. And threw another set of forty fives on. So I kicked it up by like one hundred eighty pounds in between sets. We weren't because just because we weren't paying attention. Sure. And like, what did it do? Once you go down, you know, I'm like twenty five. My knee goes out in a weird way. This thing goes down. I go down. And that was when I was like, this is. Not gonna work. I, I tried getting up, getting over over the locker room, and um, and yeah, I think I think my, my knee just gave out like in the middle of the gym. And uh, after that, I was like, I really need to find some better balance for this. Yeah. Which ended up being a good idea, you know. Um, so you know, for for me, I guess um, you, you know, I, I use yoga as a touchstone in the morning and to make sure that I like start my day off right because um, I you know it's a startup that we run and that sort of thing. And yeah. And you never know when things are going to go. You kind of dance on the edge of a knife the whole time. Sure. Um, and this idea of like stress management and maintaining your sanity while also maintaining your health, um, I find to be a really big part of my productivity overall. Yeah. Um, I need to kind of make sure I, I manage that in an active way, or, or I don't get nearly you know, as much done as I want to, or I don't feel as good about it if I do. Sure. It's funny. It helps you center your thoughts, right? Oh, for yeah. Sure. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you said production, right? Like productive. Like this helps me function. Oh, yeah. Right. So, like, for most people, when they don't work out, they think that they're not. They're throwing off their routine. Like, oh, I, I didn't work out today. I didn't get to take one step forward towards getting bigger, or like, you know, I didn't do legs today, so that's going to set me back and all that. You're just saying, if I don't work out and do yoga in the morning, or if I don't lift and I don't do this, then. Essentially, I'm not better at my job as being a CMO. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that this. I, yeah, I'm a pretty intense guy. Um, like I'm, I'm a pretty go 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 kind of person. And the idea that I've always kind of had, or I always had in the, in the past, was that you know activity was progress. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that what what yoga has really you know kind of trained me or helped me kind of realize is that you know for every time I'm moving, there's got to be a part where I'm not or where I'm going kind of mindfully slow. My body never has a chance to recover. Yeah. You know, it can't be full tilt, you know, every hour of the day. And so when I anchor my morning with something that's, you know, sometimes it's intense. You know, we did, we did you know, power yoga at <laughs> 7. 
It's yeah. not super relaxing, but I, now I do like kind of every Especially other day. Especially in the class. Yeah, really. Kick your butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right? And it's yeah. what a hundred degrees almost in the room, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And but like, and and, then, and those girls go really hard. Like they they can be very intense. Um, and so now I've, I've started doing this kind of mixing in like the six a.m. class, which is just a regular vinyasa. And what's funny is I find if I do that and go back home, I actually feel really good about my morning. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like the times when I'm gentler with myself are kind of few and far between, but they end up being really important moments for me. Yeah. Did you drink coffee? Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, I like yeah. coffee and Mr. Hyde every now and again. <laughs> Anything to keep you going. Yeah. Because you're high intensity, you're high functioning. Yeah, I, and then and then I feel like my workouts are pretty intense. When I get there, like I'm kind of a no nonsense person. When I'm, especially when I'm on my like on my lifts, like I'm not there to socialize. You're not there talking to anyone. For right? sure, come up to Jeff. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> He's busy doing yeah. something. Uh, usually, I kind of zone in, you know, or out depending upon. Yeah, of course, doing. that's your time. Yeah, like that's what your hour, two hours, or whatever for yourself. That's yeah. the focus is on you. Yeah, and you can think like you know, especially in the role that I have where. I'm not sure who a guy to begin with, but you know, CMO, we're always doing some things in front of someone else. Like yeah. I, I'm producing content that sits in front of other people. I'm, you know, actively out there networking for the company, um, trying to be the face of the company when the CEO you know, can't be because he you know, travels all the time for the company too. Um, so you know, it can be a lot of you know intense interaction all the time. It's nice to get a break from that every now and again. So do you and, and your and your co-founder do you all simply? Look at it instead of say, "Hey, you gotta take care of yourself because I need you here all the time, right? You can't afford to get sick." It's essentially yeah. Like you know, I, I wish this this message went went better with my. I've got two co-founders. Okay. Um, so you know, one Nathan is this genius CTO, who's a really good guy, but he's like a very like I'd say kind of quintessential snarky uh, like CTO. Okay. <laughs> real, um, and uh, he and my and my CEO Joe Joe's Joe's got probably the most intense life of all. This has got three you know young girls at home. They're like. You Various ages, and, you know, four and below, something like that. I should we get this right? Right. Um, <laughs> um, and and it's something that I, you know, I, I kind of carry the torch for on our team, especially when we go out to the field because we do a lot of disaster response work, um, and kind of everyone's there for the mission at hand and for getting the job done and, and that sort of thing. And and I'm really the one who's like, you know, if there's going to be someone in the office who says you need to go home and sleep, it's going to be me. Um, but you know, because I think everyone else wants to do this idea of like, well, if I just give it another hour, you know, maybe I'll just get more. And I'd rather have you at 100% in two hours than at 30% for the next two hours. So you'll cut someone off, say so you go home. Oh, yeah, no, I'll send them home. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. That's good. And it's funny, because if you think, going back to your friend, Eddie Days, I'm sure you used to pull the all-nighters, oh, right? Yeah. To do <laughs> and you're thinking, I'm going to stay all night, I'll get an A in the morning, or whatever. Oh, right? yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, show up hungover, maybe a little drunk still, yeah. and I'll ace it, Ball and I show up to right, a few like, If we just drink a shot before class, and we'll remember. Yeah, we'll yeah, wake right. up, but if we do a Red Bull, <laughs> save the mind you're in, we shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> want to be drunk for class. Right, right, it's, it's the, like, the, the, the you the have phrase, to choose. The phrase is... Take study high, get high grades. That's what it is, right? <laughs> so, so if you get if you go in that mentality, it's like, well, I studied hard. Now I'm gonna play hard and go in there, take yeah. care of business. Then essentially you get through, and then it's on to the next thing, right? But going back to the all nighters, like you know, now it's way better to say I'm gonna stop at like ten at night, oh, sure. go to bed, wake up early, yeah, and maybe reuse them to some things, but maybe just say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go in there clear headed, not yeah. worry about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I used to do. I used to be a real night owl. It was a, a big change in my life when I decided to do kind of morning workouts and um, like establish a morning routine. There's a bunch of reasons why I ended up doing that, but um, for a long time, I would have said that I got my best work done between the hours of like you know ten and four. 
Um, God dang. Some people do. That's how their roommate is. And growing up, you know, my dad was a night owl kind of writer. It was just kind of when I got to see him when he was, you know, when he had downtime and that sort of thing. So I got used to the world going to sleep and then, you know, all my productivity waking up. The problem is that you got to be awake from, you know, nine to five anyway, right? Like I don't get to, um, so what I was really doing was just running myself further and further into the ground. And, uh. And you get some squirrely days when you do that. You know what yep. I mean? Like you, you start dropping that, you know, the, like your memory function, that sort of thing, and you know. Yeah. Now, with your job, whenever you're doing assisting uh, emergency response, doesn't does that happen a lot in the middle of the night? Um, so you know what we'll do, um, and like give some examples when we put in like after hurricanes or whatever. Um, so Hurricane Matthew hits the, the Georgia coast um, back in like 2016. And we get called in by uh, by Comcast to go in and do rapid mapping. So the idea is we've got to get that we've got to get out there and get our drones in the air and figure out you know what all has happened to this area before anyone else gets out there. We've got to be like the tip of the spear for disaster response, um, which is you know uh, an exhilarating idea. I mean, if you can really help people do it, you do a lot of good for the teams that sit behind you because you really help them organize their work. Otherwise, it's a lot of guess and check. Uh, the problem is, is that it's a 24-hour a day job. Um, so we're you know we're out there and we're running shifts of I can I can fly drones between you know um, sunrise and sunset and then I gotta pull them down because I don't have you know for this mission we didn't have uh, nighttime capabilities um, and then we're data processing the like the entire night and the founders need more than that you know if you're going off and taking a, a snooze in the van outside I was sleeping in the back of my rental car yeah um, you know so you're already like in a stressful situation in you know, an area that's got denied connectivity or you know. There's no places to stay because everything's closed. The area is evacuated. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can imagine that in those moments, stress management and the discipline to know when you've been tapped out um, is really important. So you have stress management in your work. Do you have like a stress manager that's carried over into your personal life now? Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think that you know, for me, um, uh, you know, our, our my CEO is a good friend of mine. Um, we went to grad school together and stuff. Um, he'd say he, he really pushes back on this idea of you know work-life balance. It's really work-life integration. Okay. Um, and I guess I'm maybe out to lunch on this one. I'm not sure like how we're kind of on the fence about it. I'm like I'm not sure how I feel about you know. Sometimes I think I really need a hard break. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that you know how you show up one place is probably how you show up at least in a passive way, kind of everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so you know, uh, my wife and I just got had our third you know, third anniversary uh, this past month. And it's important that when I get home that I'm present, you know, sure. there. Um, and so I think that you know my practice of you know mindfulness for work carries over on you know when I when I get home. Um, so I, you leave it. You leave it. You leave your work at work. Uh, I try. I, I try. I, really I was gonna try. say if I you work, can do it as a CMO, I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I work at home. I, like so, I, we mix. You know, I've got an office downtown. We have over in the Capital Factory, and then I, yeah. I work at home a couple days of the week too. So I don't really get to do that. What I did is I, I, I create. I turned my garage into my office, and so when that door closes, it feels like I'm home, gotcha. as opposed to like it feels like I'm in the office. Gotcha. We kind of sort of do that yeah. as well too. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we essentially do. We open the garage door up and right. put a couple chairs outside. It's funny because we, we start in the same way as well. And Paul goes, well, if we get like a whiteboard over there against that side of the, of the garage door, then, you know, since we're using this much space and then now all of a sudden like it's a tax write-off because we're using it as an office yeah. now. And I'm like, 
do we move the cars out of the garage before we do that, or do we keep the cars in? He goes, I don't know. That's a, that's a CPA that's a, question. Right? I was like, okay. All right, we'll remember to write that down. So we yeah. can just write on the cars and make that, yeah. like, right? But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? It's, uh, it's a tax write-off now. But we, we get that, too, as far as, like, starting small and, and feeling like you can make use of what's around you, your situation, right? Like, people, especially all these workspaces that are out. Like, every... Like Austin's a hub for it now, right? Like okay. think about how many workspaces, co-working spaces you have, and essentially people need to go somewhere and, and sit down and say, this is how I function. People who work from home, people think that you're just like watching soaps all day in the background, yeah. right? And you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna go outside for a little, read the paper, and you know, go mow the lawn. Not my life. That's not the case at all. Like, I need everyone to go away from me because I need to focus and log in and, and this is it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're in the, you're logged into a computer all day. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in a lot of times. I'm, I'm you know on the phone. I'm checking you know the platter we've got out. I'm I'm keeping the trains running for all the content creation that we do. We do a lot of uh, you know I'll do you know, content outsourcing when I when I can things like that. Cause we've got a relatively small team, um, but you've got to you've, you've got to you know, we're competing against much bigger companies, and you've got to play the game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, I can't go out there, and even though I'm small, no one in the boardroom is going to cut you that slack. Yeah. Right. Like they're here. They're buying. A, you know. They're buying data. They're buying. You know. Uh, a platform to access all that stuff on. And and there's not like a oh well we get that you're small contingency. They're, yeah. They don't. They don't care. Well, especially in emergency situations. Yeah. No. <laughs> especially when everything's got to work. I mean, you're 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 getting these companies at kind of the toughest times they have. And the sales you know idea is that I'm helping you when everything else has failed. Um, and so you can imagine like when. New connectivity, and we work with you know, so it's telecommunications and, and electric. Those are the first two things that have to go back online, and lives really depend on it. You know, we we say it kind of in an aggregate sense because it's easier to think about that way. But in reality, like if you're trapped in an evacuation zone because you decided not to go, and your electricity isn't working, and your phone's not working, and you don't have any way to charge a cell phone or that you have or whatever, like modern society is a far away idea at that point. You're a hell of a different biohacker than most people. <laughs> well, most people worry about like, well, shit, I didn't pay this bill, and you know, I got to change the tire tomorrow. You're like, yeah, like, there's 300 families that don't have electricity or any food to eat, and we got to get them something to eat by tomorrow. Yeah, and so you're like thinking like stress management. Oh man, let me tell you about what I'm dealing with. So it's the idea is like, you're you're taking on a whole another form of stress where you're taking on everyone else's personal like. Issues like everything that's going on from the you know, hey they need a diaper for the baby to like hey there's no water here right yeah I, I think it's important to, to feel um, yeah I, I went to grad school for for public policy um, and at the time the the change that had motivated me to do that was I was working in finance before um, and uh, I'll never forget the moment that because I was working for a hedge fund uh, admin and we're sitting in this boardroom and it's right before that the, the um, uh, the housing bubble pops, and because we were working with hedge funds, we got to see before e every, everyone else knew that these these assets were were blowing up. Yeah, and in, in the room, um, it was very clinical. You know, we were talking about this idea of like you know people with these assets that are that aren't going to be there anymore, and you think that a certain percentage of these clients are going to go under, and blah blah blah, and. Um, and it's almost like being there in a doctor's office, right, when you're talking about a, a patient that has cancer. And I think you probably don't want your doctor to fall apart. Um, you know, every time they've got you know a tough case in front of them, you want them to think dispassionately about it. Um, and in that room, I realized I couldn't do that in that scenario. Um, that it was, you know, I couldn't get over the idea that these were people's lives, that these were people's retirements. These, you know what I mean? Like they weren't just numbers. They weren't just numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And that you knew that this was going to hit a lot more people than just our our clients. It was going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, and so it was a big change. It was like, like I, got, I was living in, in Hoboken, working out of New York or Jersey City, and 
was like, you know what, um, I'm gonna go to school for, for public policy. I think I wanted to change this a little bit. And once you did, once I made that decision, I think you take an investment in the people around you, um, in, the, in the community. And then I think, you know, I don't. I try and when I go out into the field not to feel it as the pressure of all of these things that are out there. That I'm really there to help, and that the best you can give is hopefully enough. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes and sometimes in our history it has been. Sometimes you know we've run into some really tough times that were really hard to get over. You know, out in the field we had to get really creative, or we or you, you literally jot those down and you have to learn those lessons the hard way. Um, but. I think that everyone's got this component of stress management. I mean, the size of it, right? How many people are are involved isn't necessarily, you know, at the end of the day, all that meaningful for how you feel it. You know, um, how I feel stress and internalize stress can be a very personal idea. And then if you've got, you know, one crying baby at home, right? That's that's probably enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you, it's it's pretty incredible, like the role that you have and what you've done and like we've always talked about how we like to change healthcare we like to change the approach of how people take care of themselves right i mean you're going to a certain extent we're saying we're in an emergency situation where you have no choice but to take care of them the best way you have with the resources you have right so one of the things that's interesting about it is people forget that at the end of the day you still got to go home to your family your oh, situation yeah. right and it's funny one of the things i hear from people you don't have kids right not yet not yet but you will eventually right so Again. like think about like your schedule right you make time to go do yoga or work out or whatever, right? That's essentially part of your deal. Um, but not everyone has that opportunity, right? So when people don't get that opportunity, they feel like, hey, I'm being deprived. Like, I can't function unless I do this. This is how I, I release stress. I go lift yet hardcore. I got to ask you, does that give you that stress relief? Does it help with stress management if you go out and lift at 9 o'clock at night and you're lifting squats and benches and all that stuff. Is that your stress release? So I, you know, I, I've done that. I think the, the mental model is the one that needs revision in this, this example, right? right. Um, because I think that if you walk in with the idea that I need to do this, I'm being deprived, uh, deprived that, that that's going to be a problem. And I actually have this, this experience in my yoga where it's like, well, if I, I used to do this thing where if, if, I couldn't, if I didn't wake up in time, when I first started like, changing over to, to being a morning person, yeah. Uh, to the extent that I, you know, I forced myself to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess um, if I if I woke up too late and couldn't make it there on time, I it was like, gosh, I can't do this. This is the one outlet that I have. I really need this, right? Yeah. And what I've lost in that moment is the idea that, hey, look, I'm just this is like I'm a fallible person trying to do something nice for myself, right? Like if I can think about it as, look, I might not have an hour to do that as at a you know a rigid time that I can't start and stop class at my convenience on it. But there may be something else that I can do. Yeah. And if I take a moment to think that I'm really trying to do something nice, and that's the goal, right? Um, that that I found that peace in other ways. I don't always have that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know I mean? right, right, of course. But but you, you can make a decision to say, this is what I can do now. And then your approach changes to, rather than, oh, I need to get bigger today, and I need to lift, and I got to attack you know, the legs or whatever. You're just saying, no, for my mental health, I need to do something today to address that. That way I can function tomorrow. For sure. And I think this idea of like what, you know, what I can load up up here yeah. is directly related to what I can load up overall. Sure. Right. Yes. Um, so I, I think that, that that kind of integration is really is really important. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's incredible when we think about our stressful days and everything that comes our way, you'd be like, well, look at what Jeff's having to deal with, right? Like you're going off, I mean, I'm sure you dealt with the people in Harvey down in Houston and saw what they were dealing with. We actually responded to Irma, we didn't get into, into Harvey, but it's the same idea, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you're dealing with a whole different kind of crisis mode, and you're still yeah. trying to keep your schedule in line, 
and then still trying to save the world and trying to help other people. Yeah, you know, so it's funny, you know, I go out there and the truth is that even when I'm out in the field, I'm probably still logging my calories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are my Fitbit still like, working? These things, these things still happen for me, right? Like, life still has to go forward. <laughs> I can just see right now that they're passing out food and you're like, I'm like, I need more fat today. Any avocados out there? We'll pass it out. It's a sodium count in those. Yeah. So then, okay. So let's talk diet then. So what do you do? What do you eat? What's what's your diet like? So, um, you know, uh, um, so we. I out, I'll be honest. I outsource a lot of this for at least from a mental perspective at home. Um, <laughs> you outsource your, your meal preps. I so what Rachel and I did is um, <laughs> I outsource. We You're such a CMO, dude. I love it. Right? Um, I'm so, I'm just tell, I'm going to outsource my lunch today. Somebody go get it. So we, we got we, we went over and, and got like the we signed up for like lean clean meals on Sun Basket and I'm like look they just did a box shows at my house <laughs> great like I don't have to think about it. We did, and then uh, so we did three meals from them and then we did two from from Blue Apron I think that we're probably gonna move over all of them to the Sun Basket no offense Blue Apron um, but um, Blue Apron so. if you want to sponsor us you can still sponsor us yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we'll talk, talk. We'll, talk. We'll, we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk let's keep them right let's start the conversation but I mean look it's still just different so yes, yeah, so that's that, that's all for us at night, um, which is important to me. Uh, and then um, my breakfast, I, I do the same thing every day. Um, there are some times when I just don't want to have to think. Um, and right when I get back from you know power yoga um, is probably one of those times. Sure. Um, so I do. I get from like, yoga stone. Yoga stone. I do the same protein shake um, with a cup of coffee every morning. Yeah. And, I, and I never. It's actually one of my favorite. It's, 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 it's probably the same flavor, the same, same brand, flavor, same coffee. Yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, that part I take off my plate of things I have to think about, and then what I really play with is lunch. Um, okay. And so some of that's, you know, a function of who am I meeting that day, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, or, I do my best. Before I got here, I, I stopped over at um, uh, the sandwich place down the street, because um, I was like, oh, was, you know, I should get Pinkberry, I'm already here, I don't have one sauce in it. I was like, no, and then I walked in and thought about getting a sandwich and got a salad. So. Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> the idea of being bad. And then, you know, on the weekends, I'm like, oh. Well, like, we, sometimes we go grocery shopping together, we'll just go down and it's like, man, those cookies look awesome. And we'll just like, man, that would taste so good. Just this idea. Yeah, we just walked by like, the bakery. I just, I'm like, what are you man, doing? Like, right? that pizza. Do you want to get some of that pizza? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I eat this shit. I said, I'm going to walk over there and just smell that real quick. I just want to smell and think about eating it. That's all. And to me, that's all I need sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear it. I do. Now I'm on a, I, I'm on a, like a jam making kick at home. A jam making? Yeah, every night I, 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 I go like awesome. Susie Homemaker on my way on a regular basis. In the mason jars that you need to? No, really. Of course, yeah. Right. yeah. And, of course. Um, and then what I do is I make them and then I just them away. This is such a jam. Like, right? I'm like, fast track that one. Uh, I'll like, let so, you have it. Just give me the residuals. That's why she's social media branding. Right. That's give me the residuals. It's fine. She knows all the hashtags and all that stuff, too. Awesome. This is the So you're kind of prepping, right? Like, I can imagine you walk into your pantry and there's like mason jars full of jam. Uh, so there's there's more than there used to be than there used to be yeah for sure <laughs> it's a mounting number so the problem was that I uh, I didn't mean to do this um, I wanted to just garden in the, like on the weekends and kind of relax that way so I started I planted a bunch of stuff I did a little green thumb yeah. um, so I wanted to see maybe that. 
translated. And what happened was uh, I went out and got a couple of these indeterminate tomato plants. The little hanging ones or whatever? Well, so it's an actual kind of like, kind of tomato plant. I had no idea what indeterminate meant for tomatoes. I don't even know what that word means. It's the name I walk in. You just sounds, made something sounds up. Sounds great. Bring it up. Sounds stupid. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, so the difference between a regular tomato plant, like a determinate one, and an indeterminate one is that the indeterminate ones like grow 12 feet wide and produce until the first like, frost of the year and that sort of thing. Had no idea what I was getting into and planted in like this you know, four by 10 area four. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's almost like comedically overgrown <laughs> in front of my house, just like stuff everywhere. And I was like, what am I doing with this tomato? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, I'm a really good tomato grower. Like, right? uh, we got a problem on our hands. Yeah. So, I started giving it to my dog. Yeah, mailman. No, don't go to that guy's house. He's giving a whole basket of them. Um, so, we started doing that, and I was like, this seems like kind of a waste. Um, and so, I found a recipe on, I think it was like New York Times cooking for like a tomato jam. And I was like, go ahead, give us a shot. And then that cascaded. Like everything else that I try once in my life, you're like, you good at it. You're good at it. You right? like, enjoyed it. Typical type A. He's like, I'm gonna do this thing to relax, and then it turns into like, like, oh, competitive. I, I need to be the best at it. Mason jars all over the place. And you're subscribing to like magazines now. You're like preserving Mason jars. I've been reading like this fermenting book when I like. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, and, you, and then you geek out with someone who does it too, right? You're like, oh shit, have you tried this thing? Yeah, right. You like pickles? We should talk. Oh, we should talk pickles. Oh, we can talk pickles. Long <laughs> stories, good thing. Yeah, that was bad. Hey, trust me, we have that same conversation with the people when they walk in. Like the same type of stuff. When they talk about a food they make. You know, Bala talks about salsa he makes all the time, and you'll be so surprised because something as simple as gardening tomatoes. I don't know how to do that. It's not a skill that I've learned. I'm gonna go get one of those upside down hanging ones. It's yeah. like foolproof, and do it that way, right? I should have done. Knowing well, you, you'd still kill it. No I still probably kill it. You see those plants up there? They still have flowers on them. They're right? succulents. That's cheating. Not those. The ones out the front on, on the patio. Those are alive. Those are fine. So I don't have a green thumb. It's, it's amazing what we. What happens when you put it on a to-do list? Well, <laughs> you talk about outsourcing. I outsource food. I say, I don't again. I don't. Claim to be a person with a green thumb, I use everyone else and say, I will let take all your food. cook. All, yeah, I'll take your food. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. it's like, like specialization, it's a big idea. But you're onto something now. You're like, you're jamming. Right? No, I, I, <laughs> have, you, have you gotten into like growing a specific type of tomato? Like, Oh yeah, you playing around with like biohacking that style? Like, you're like, it's like I'm gonna add a little bit of jalapeno with this right now. I'm gonna add a little bit. Did like, you hear him? It's indeterminate tomatoes. So, you're just... so you don't know what you're making. I I I've gone out. Um, I have done. Um, See, <laughs> I have crossed. Right. All right. Uh, so I did. I maybe found myself in the morning out with like little pipe cleaners. <laughs> um, with your what? With, like little pipe cleaners. Like, Who's you know, pollinating his plants? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I've got uh, so I've got these two these two plants that I planted when I first bought the house. They're they're called pineapple guava. They're like a special kind of fruit. This was fruit in five years sure. ever, and kind of for three. And I'm like, damn, it's happening for me. Yeah. Um, so I went out, got my first like the first flowers around this year, and I had no idea there's like a natural pollinator for them around here. And so there I am in the morning, like. Pollinating, cross pollinating all these like that's badass. Hoping that, that <laughs> and then I got and then I got like four or five like little fruits now. I'm like, all right. So you created something. Well, you know, it, it feels it feels kind of like. <laughs> and your wife there, more like you, you're doing it again. You're like, yeah, but I haven't tried this one yet. Well, she's a biologist, so she gets it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah she's probably thinks it's cool too. Then, yeah. right? Yeah, she's no, she's. I mean, she. 
she's the first to admit that she will kill every plant she touches, um, but you've never seen For experimentation. Other. Yeah, I mean, look, just <laughs> why not? So do you have, like, the, the round hat, and then you walk outside, and I can see you with your little spray bottle just going, so I don't know that I have the uniform down yet. <laughs> like I'm out there half the time in like my post work. No overalls or nothing like that? Not yet. Oh, well, I mean, he said you're to go I don't want to go outside there. I'm going to automatically do this for me. So I can just watch and man touch. I'm going to do this smarter. That's, I'm going to outsource. You have to go outside and walk the place. The only thing I managed to outsource is just go to my angry neighbors. Like they just come over. Why are you flying drones right here? I'm like, oh, sorry. I like how this went from, hey, I like to garden to just like a troll fest. I just think it's going to be cool when you talk to someone about like your hobbies. Like, so what do you do for fun on the weekends? I jam. I make my own jam. Big on the jam. It just seems like almost like crocheting now. It's like this lost art that people are like, no, that's no, really no, what you bring some. It's like just freaking stuff. I mean, but it's but it's it's the focus, right? It's, it's uh, you have a plan, like you stay with it, you organize. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and I, I mean, I really, I really should, I should, re I should relax. The idea was that it was supposed to be not stressful. <laughs> I, I called you out on it because I do the same exact thing. I recognize it as soon as yeah, I hear no, it. I, I would, I have these ideas that would conceptually be nice to realize at some point in the future. Um, you got data on this too. Yeah, actually. right. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking this quantified self idea. <laughs> I got a bell curve right, right. in here going. Like, here's my peak gardening efficiency. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, it, but it is, it's fascinating stuff, right? Like, when I was reading this fermentation book, which I thought my, my, my CEO got me, like, I thought it was going to be a light reading before bed, the entire beginning is all about, like, um, you know, how bacteria that live you know, in and around your system have evolved, and all this co-evolution of, like, humans and bacteria, how we're really not, like, you know, one organism or this collection of, you know, billions of them, if you include, like, all, you know, our, our microflora. Um, and it's a fascinating idea, right? Like, it's something that... Um, you know, it was kind of, like Rachel was kind of a, you know, for a while was kind of a germaphobe. I think she's gotten over it, but it was kind of a germaphobe. And then that entire concept, right? Um, I think you see it in health in general, of where germs are bad, you know, bacteria are bad. We can't, you know, we don't be around these things. But you realize though, you know, throughout history, right, these things have been trading, um, you know, genes with other things, you know, with yeah. our cells and their cells. And that's, you know, that's how you got here. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a family member that uh, when they had their newborn, they washed everything. All the time, hand sanitizer everywhere. They washed everything with soap. Not my and, and I'm just thinking, like, man, like I picked up the passy right off the ground, wiped it on my pants, yeah. and just stuck it right back. And I'm like, building immunity right there. That's <laughs> what we're doing right no, there. No, really. My, my, my dad was my parents were the same way. My, my mom like let my dad be neurotic about it, but instead of getting us like things to do because he you know like like play, playgrounds and stuff like that as a kid, he he literally would get big dirt piles for us on like a semi-annual basis. He always had plans for what he was going to do with the dirt, and he would sit in the backyard for like two years. Um, but that's what he played on. And you played on, like, on a mouse. Like, play play on the dirt pile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is back in Jersey, so it's not clean dirt. Oh, yeah. Like mud pies, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dirt clock pies. Back when you can do that and not you know, get arrested. We got our oldest son a little magnifying glass. So you go out there and look at the worms and look at the bugs yeah. and pick them up and, you know, say, hey, check this out. What is this for? You get dirty out there. Oh, yeah. Has it gotten into, like, burning them? Don't show them that. <laughs> <laughs> you want them to be nice, right? We're trying to teach them to, to appreciate nature. Really? I mean, but yeah, I mean, he'll probably come across that and he'll figure that out. He's a smart kid. But I mean, hopefully one day we'll teach him how to do a garden, right? Like yeah. maybe that's something we'll say, hey, we can grow not only tomatoes, but we can grow lavender. Like I yeah. want a garden out here. Yeah. To people, like, because to me, what you're doing now is essentially you're like 
you have like a little medicine jar, right? Because yeah. those tomatoes are full of antioxidants. For sure. You're probably mixing other like foods in there. I've got, right? ones, yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got a, a lemon balm, at, or you know, that I that I grow because it's a really good calming tea. I, you know, that's what made it. So you're making teas now? Uh, well, I yeah, I mean. Yeah, we have we have rent. <laughs> We're launching a tea company next week. Right? Actually, yeah. oh gosh, <laughs> You're so, just keep in mind. One day you're going to come across something like you know what? I can actually create food that can be mass produced to help feed, right? Like yeah. almost like, uh, I mean, if you look at like GMOs, you can make the argument to say, look, this will feed a, a disaster area, right? Mm -hmm. To say like, if we had GMO tomatoes, could it feed everyone in the span of like maybe three or four miles? Yeah, yeah. It probably could. But it's full of all this other crap. In yeah, there. and you and you lose this this genetic diversity that's really I think important. You know, yeah. it's not just that I want you know this one kind of vitamin, this one kind of plant. You, you probably want the whole collection of that, whole, as much of the spectrum as I can get. Yeah. Um, but I feel you know kind of bringing it back to this mental health idea. One of the things I do feel though about about the hobby of gardening, even though I kind of treat it as a fun by itself idea ultimately, <laughs> um, is that it, it feels elemental. You know what I mean? I think there's something about this idea that. Um, that feels deeply human, yeah. um, and I work in a field that is, you know, we really help people, and, and I think that for our, our our corporate culture, this idea of, of not losing humanity is a big part of it. But in the industry as an idea, I think it's a very um, you get a lot of arguments on both sides, where you know automation and technology for technology's sake, um, you know, you, you kind of do have to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, and and finding the future of where where kind of people fit into the cycle, I think, is important. And so when I when I can have those moments and feel um, and feel really human, yeah, it feels really good. Right? Yeah. That's funny. That I I never thought about it that way. I mean, you probably have people that you work with that may never go outside at all, right? Because they're inside all the time under fluorescent lights, and you might ask them My something. Best engineers. <laughs> yeah, those, that, that's what we want. You know what I want that? We're hiring. No, but I mean, essentially, if they walk outside, it's like, when was the last time you walked out barefoot and touched no the ground? Touched no the ground, ground, right? And that's what you're feeling is essentially what we did from a primitive standpoint. You went out there, cultivated your food, you grew it, and you harvested it, and then essentially, like, you made it and preserved it for a later use, right? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what we did. I, I mean, not too many people do that anymore. We outsource, we call favor, yeah. or we go Uber Eats or whatever, and bring yeah. me this $5 smoothie that I can't make in my kitchen right now because yeah. I don't want to get up, I'm logged in. Yeah. I, mean, I do think that you know back when I, back, you know, when I was in policy, you saw this idea of, and it's really pervasive across you know kind of time for people, right? Um, there's this conflict between you know, urban and rural. That's like the it's really the the robust conflict that happens in human society, where you get urban culture and you get rural culture, and you know, never the twain shall meet. And these times when you know I take a step back, you know, in East Austin and and take a moment to grow something. You realize almost not just is it, is it human for me, you know, in this ecosystem of the plant, but there's also people who do this, right? Um, it's a connectedness to those people that you might not have otherwise. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really important too. But then you appreciate your surroundings, being present, right? For sure. Like yeah. think about it. You don't go and kill bees when you see them coming around your house, right? <laughs> no, they're helpful. They're helpful, they're right? Like yeah. More bees. I've got fig trees, so even the wasps. Oh, and now you're, that's where I put my stance right there. We're trying to kill those damn wasps. I don't feel bad. I don't have to live with that. There was a dead one today in the freaking. Uh, that wasn't me. I mean, I, I, it was funny. There was a nest that when we first moved in, it was right when you walk up the stairs, and it was right outside on the, the, store, the stones. And I thought it was bad luck for me to knock it down. I had every opportunity to knock it down, but I was like, I respect nature in a sense where they deserve to be here too. They just yeah. better not come up closer to the door, right? 
but we're trying to respect the, the fact that they were here before us. Yeah. Right? I mean, the fact that people were gardening and doing this, you have to get your food somehow. Yeah. Right? So you, you were taught this somehow. You're going to pass it on, hopefully, to your kids. Yeah. No, I think I think I, I, think I will. Um, I, mean, I hope I, I, I get the, you know, the opportunity to. Um, I mean, I, it, it does have some functional limits for me, I'll say. Um, you know, when I first started going and digging, digging in the garden to like, establish it in my yard, um, I had a, a series of mud wasps that, that came by. And at first it was like a live and live idea. Like, yeah. hey, you're over there, I'm over yeah, here, yeah. we're good. And then, then that peace treaty broke down. Did they study you? Yeah, so they, 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 <laughs> what they would do is they'd get really aggressive and they'd start buzzing by you. It'd be like a flyby, right? Yeah. Like, to let you know, like, hey, we're here, this is our, our trip now. And you know, after I just bought this house, I was not about to like seed ground to some random hive somewhere. Um, so <laughs> this is my house. Yeah, no, I'm like, no, like no, for real. Like, are you paying rent on this? Because otherwise, um, uh, and so we had a disagreement, um, and <laughs> we had a disagreement. Uh, and then the hive, I think, realized that maybe there were other places to play in the mud. <laughs> I love that. Breach of contract. Get <laughs> no, really. yeah. Cease and desist. Had a, seat, had, had a stern talk to <laughs> Dude, I do that all the time with flies and stuff. I'm like, if you don't get out of here, you're going to die. Yeah. And sometimes they move away. I don't know if they hurt me or not. Do you just stare at them while you're doing this? Just, just like, 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 like it's, all, it's all a test of wills. <laughs> that doesn't work for my kids. They know exactly. They're like, whatever, dude. I'm just right. I want this battle. I want this battle for you. You want to stare down? I got you. Can you hold me down? I'm going to pee in my diaper and you're going to change it. You're gonna like it's it. gotta be a credible threat. That's the problem. Yeah. So are are the are the mud wasps? Are those the same thing as mud bombers? Mud daubers. Mud daubers. Whatever those are. They might be daubers. They're like they're like because like they're brown, right? Yeah. They're all brown. No, and they like put the they put the mud inside your house. And yeah. Stuff to, to do tubes. they sting? Yeah. They do not sting. They bite. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, but they can't be aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I used to. We used to always have to deal with those. I used to do like mission trips where we would, like build houses and stuff growing up, and like we would always have those, and the kids would freak yeah. out, no, and don't. the leaders would always be like, "Oh no, those don't sting. You're fine." So we would keep working through it. No, they're like hurt you though. Yeah. It's one of those technicalities. Yeah. They hurt. They sting. We have like three of them yeah. little nests outside our house, and I'm just always like the mud daubers or whatever. It's like they don't they don't sting. That's what people have said. So it's they true. They don't sting. They don't they sting. Bite. They bite. And apparently they dive bomb and break anything. contracts. She doesn't want to kill anything. She doesn't want to kill spiders. She wants to run around stage. the house and, and break them all. Yeah. all their houses. So they definitely. <laughs> That's why they didn't like you. That's why. Like <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that other voice that you guys don't recognize is Charles. This is our. Probably a lead nurse right now. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, you'll see him around. He'll be uh, training and teaching everyone. Oh, I do a podcast with you too. Yeah, we'll do yeah. a podcast with Charles here soon. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he's been in other podcasts with us too. Uh -huh. Shada. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. In fact, that's how we actually got to meet. So it was podcast that brought you here. So. But um, so you, I guess, do you cook your own food as well? In addition to, I do. Yeah, I. Um, Blue I mean, since it shows up my house, and I just have to do the visa plots for it. Um, yeah, I, so I, I, I like cooking, um, and I like the I like the act of cooking and bringing people together. Yeah. Uh, that was a big idea for um, for my mother growing up. Um, and truth be told, Rachel's more than happy to let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's something that I actually enjoy doing. I, I feel like when we talked about like the division of labor in our house and that sort of stuff between the two of us, like uh, to the extent you can give people tasks that, that they like, yeah, that's great. I mean, no one's gonna love taking out the garbage, but. Um, if there's something that you know is a necessity that you enjoy doing, it like nice to let you give people the, the space to do that. So and she'll do the dishes. She, she and she kind of zones out doing it. Like That's she's cool. you know, it's her end time too. So Merrick, my wife, she goes, it's so hot when you do the dishes. Like she thinks that's like the coolest thing I can do. 
And I'm just saying, like, just washing the dishes. She's like, you understand? Like, someone's got to do them. Yeah. I was like, like, it's so hot that I don't have to do it. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have to do it. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I outsource the cooking too. We don't. I eat everything raw. Really? Yeah, because I don't want to cook. Yeah. So well, look, there's also like a bunch of help in throughout too. So. Well, it is too, and that's why I looked at it too. So I'm like, if we have Blue Apron, I'd probably still bitch about the idea that I have to cook it. Yeah. I'm like, why can't it already be ready? Right. Like, I don't get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I, I think that. Got um, some corn right there that I'm gonna cook tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But you know how to cook it. He's, you have a chimney in the back, and he's gonna go in the back, build a fire, and then put it on the fire. Just badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, oh, I, dude, I, I was like, man, you're really like, you're building a fire. You're gonna cook it out there, and I said, I'm over here bitching about having to make a soup or like heat something <laughs> in the microwave. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna build a fire and like cook actual food, like man did back in the day. <laughs> it's like we're gonna, eat it, and we're gonna sit in front of the fire, and we're gonna eat it. Yeah, and then like that's what's gonna Talk happen. Talk about reaching with the roots. Yeah, so way back. But it's cool though because you sit outside and you hear like the crackling of the wood. Oh yeah. Right, and you see the little flames, but you smell the smoke. You know, you're looking up and there's the stars. I mean, you that's know? similar to growing your own food. Yeah. And every time you know we go hunting, like if we shoot something, we'll cook part of it that night, and it's so cool. I just like to burn yeah. shit. Like, it's, it's so cool. cool. <laughs> wait, wait, so, wait, wait, so like you're talking deer, or hogs, or doves. Yeah. Or, so you cook a deer. The same Tires. day, the same day, you like you'll cut it up, clean it, process it. Yeah, process we it. will usually we'll bring like from the past hunt, you know, stuff that we've already. Because I mean, we we kill skin, debone, clean, and like process all of our own meat. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's probably about two days worth of work, like between the killing it and it actually being too, done. Right? So like, yeah, so like if we. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the cleaning will take a couple of hours just to like take the skin out, skin off, and like cut the pieces all up, and then we'll take it home, and it looks like a murder factory in our garage because <laughs> we'll literally like lay out tables, and it'll just be my dad, me, my brother, my uncle, my cousin. We'll all just like line up, and we'll each have a cutting board, like each have a leg or something, and like oh, wow. you have to debone it, and then from yeah, and then from that like there's it's like really. Cuts that you do right, so you know the nicer cuts you can like save and like make steaks out of or whatever. But like the legs, you you'll oftentimes just chop up into cubes for stew or grind it in a sausage, which counts as processing. So usually when we hunt, we'll like kill something and clean whatever we killed that day, like take the skin off and cut it into pieces so we can store it in the uh, cooler. But then we'll also eat, you know, the deer from the last hunt that we had that we were able to process into burgers or steaks or whatever. So it's like, you're still eating something that you shot. It was just, I shot it last time. Yeah, yeah, Wait, wait, so all the stuff that you don't use, what do you do with all that? Um, I'm the one that who's really picky about, like, we have to use as much as possible. Um, so we usually, if, if it's a good skin, um, we'll save it. We'll make it into, like, a blanket. You know, we'll have, like, someone tan it or whatever. Um, bones, I always say for bone broth, um, uh, I'll eat the organs, but no one else in my family will eat the organs. So my dad makes me like go in the gut pile and cut out the heart and the liver and stuff. And heart doesn't taste any like different than you eat regular, heart? Mm -hmm. it's you... delicious. It doesn't taste any different than like regular muscle because heart is a muscle. So yeah, it just tastes true. like the rest of the meat. The liver is the one that. Longer. The liver is the one that makes sense that it would taste weird and people wouldn't like. But if literally, if I like were to slice a heart up and just fry it, you would not notice the difference. That's that. We should totally have like a processing. 
That makes sense. Of course, Austin <laughs> yeah, would have right, something like that. Of course, it's it's local farm to table liver antelope heart. Yeah, that's heart. Hudson's on the Bend, right? Well, Hudson's is like they have Hudson's on the Bend, which is their restaurant, but then they have Hudson's the processing plant for sausage oh, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know they were connected. That, that yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Still I didn't know they were connected either, but I didn't know they were connected. <laughs> well, no, you got Jeff like fascinated by it here too. He's like, damn, that's crazy. Because I, I, I picture my head in the assembly line. Yeah. I'm just like slicing up and dumping like hoods in a bucket and like here's an eyeball. Oh, yeah. and, like, My dad gets so mad because yeah. we'll have like a freezer full of bones. He's like, make like, broth, damn it. Let's like, go. <laughs> get these out of here. It's like part family reunion, part Dexter. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm picturing it too. I'm thinking like, and the leftovers, they feed the pigs, right? No evidence, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. My mom, will, my mom will come out. She hates the smell of the meat, but like she'll come out and at least do like the bags for us. So she'll like pre-cut all the bags and label them like. Axis deer December 2018 and then like we'll put it in there and see she'll seal it for us We have like a sealer vacuum sealer and then see what's gonna happen away. when when shit hits the fan And we really have a disaster thing was going on me and Charles will be the medical side <laughs> We got take care of that you do the, the cultivate for the gardening then you go my theater teacher used to always make the joke in high school. She's like, Allison, you're on my team for the apocalypse, okay? Like, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. See, that's the part I learned. I got to learn how to like, shoot a bow and arrow, right? I, honestly, I learned how to shoot something. Uh, like with a sniper rifle, though it's not like I consider that. Hey, like a big rifles are good though. You need to know how to do duck hunt. Like I got that. I held my own. I got right up to the screen with the gun. It was like pop, pop, pop. I got you, little bird. <laughs> That's uh, outsource, right? Yeah. All that was a lot of work. Oh, what you're talking about? What's up? Just like I'm just gonna go buy whatever you sell, uh, and whatever the finished product is, let me know. I'll give you some jerky. It gives you, yeah, it gives you a different appreciation for what you eat, though. Same with growing. Yeah, it. I think that that's true. That's got to be. I can only imagine what it's like for like with, with animals, right? Uh, that's like another level. That's just um, the thing. Like, I mean, you have a different respect for the plants that you're growing now. You yeah. know how hard it is to like keep them alive and like what kind of work it takes to produce that tomato. Yeah, for sure. And it's the same thing with animals. People think hunters just want to go around shooting everything and that we're crazy and like murderous when really ha most of the time going out and hunting is just wanting to be out in nature yeah. and watch like the animals as they're doing their thing. Like you don't go out there with the intention to shoot something every time. You go out there to just be in nature and watch it. And you have massive respect for these animals because you know if you take one of their lives, you're, sh you're going for an old one yeah. and it's already bred. And, um, yeah. you know, if you do take that animal's life, you know, like I'm going to use every bit of this possible to help feed myself and my family and nourish us and, you know, respect it in death as well. So For sure. Yeah, I, no, really I think cool. it makes total sense. I think there's there's also a responsible role that people play in the ecosystem, right? Like, yeah. uh, to the extent that, you know, we are apex predators as a species, right? Like, there's not going to be a getting around that. Mm -hmm. um, and especially for a lot of the, the, the animals that, you know, are popular to hunt, just back in, you know, Jersey and the end of down here, like, if you didn't have people going out and, you know, hunting for sport or hunting for food or whatever, you remove one of the few predators that keep these you know, populations from completely exploding because we don't have any other predators around. You right? need to think about it too. If it's legal to hunt, there's probably too much of that animal no, really. around and it's probably going to end up killing more people to not have hunters because there's so many car wrecks that happen from deer yeah, every year. Yeah, car wrecks or, like or the, the help the herd really suffers. Because when yeah. you see you remove an apex predator from any ecosystem. And then they starve, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. population or whatever. I mean, I, I'm the first one to say, like, don't kill a bee because if the bees die off, 
Yeah. It changes our whole ecosystem. Oh yeah. You know, and so like with your gardening, things might change a little bit too if you don't have bugs kind of like floating around. So you probably yeah, man, I might be out there every time with one of those little pipe cleaners. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going there working yeah, my that's ass that's off. That's the first way to kill my hobby. <laughs> yeah, where are the damn butterflies at, man? They should be over here doing my work. No, man. for real. Yeah, and they don't complain. They get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. So, so you you cook, you you garden, you do yoga, you lift weights, you save the world. Uh, what else do you do, man? Um, God, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. I know, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I gotta sleep a little bit every right. now and then, right? Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Um, that's probably, that's honestly probably a big chunk of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, a lot of it. Yeah, that's, that's most, most of the day, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of what other stuff we do um, when I'm not, like, crafting at home. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's like yeah. a good little Saturday. What did you do this weekend, man? Oh, man, we got all this puzzle and then read this oh, book. Yes. So, yeah, we're big board gamers. There you go. But actual board games, not like on the app, right? Yeah, they're table games. Yeah. yeah, no Scrabble on the on the, the pad right No, they haven't done it, but it's something, it's something for a big deal. Yeah, you, you, no, want, sure. you want to hear the blocks. You want to feel the blocks. Yeah, I, right. I love that. Yeah. Like words Against Humanity, too. Uh, like card, like cards expanded. Yeah, yeah for cards, sure. Yeah. yeah. So I've done. Uh, so I, is there like the, 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 is there an app version of it? No, no. no oh yeah. No. So um, so cards expanded. We played like a lot. No, what's funny is my mom sent me one like for Christmas like a year ago. <laughs> like how'd you hear about this? It was, it was like I heard this game was funny. I'm like, oh, this is like, forever. It's pretty vulgar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we do. So we like um, kind of obscure games. I, mean, I used to be a, like a video gamer. Um, I don't really have. You know, that's gotten so intense and now it's sports and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, it's hard to be a casual Overwatch player. Yeah. Um, but, um, but for board games, there's a lot of like really interesting ones out there. And um, we, we crush those a lot. Yeah. Like Risk, Monopoly. Um, so, yeah. yeah, like, so Risk was a big one growing up. We used to play, we used to play Dress Up Risk. <laughs> wait, wait, y'all dress up like Napoleon and all that yeah, shit? Yeah. yeah. Damn, that's um, awesome. So we do, we do that. Um, now it's like some, so. We've been on like a, a, it's called Ticket to Ride. It's like a train mobile board game um, that we. Wait, like those mobile bars that people paddle on down the street? No, it's like it's like a, it's like, so it's a board game. It's like where you've got to build like, a tr like an empire of like you know train routes, places and stuff. Oh, like that. It's, okay. it's like building a yeah. You're building a, so you're like six years old all over again, right? Yeah, no, so that's nice vacation. That's badass. But a lot of them are made for um, are made for adults, and we'll go and we'll kind of take the brains that people work up at like uh, Dragon's Lair and stuff like that. Nice. They have kind of cool. You know, obscure games that you try and stuff like that. And then you get down and play with all those people too. And then right? we get way too intense <laughs> and make our friends uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Fights get started, right? And arguments. Right? And then we have to go to bed, wake up in the morning, go to yoga. <laughs> and be calm about it. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. I love it, man. I, I tell you what, I think all of that is, I think that's all cool because there's too many times that you're just doing all of that through an app. Oh, yeah. You're doing it through application. You're doing like everything you can to unplug. From virtual reality, for sure. Yeah, and the, the times when you when you can, when I when I can get away from it, I mean, because I, so much of my, my day is spent really advancing it yeah. um, and advancing people and technology, which I think is great. I mean, I, from my perspective, uh, you know, drones have been an awesome new tool and toolkit for humanity. Um, but when I can and I can sit back and reconnect with someone who's right next to me, I really want to take time to do that. That's awesome. Okay, cool. so. Uh, we covered quite a bit here. Uh, Aero Applications is yep. your company, yep. right? So uh, seek them out, look them up. Where can we find you? Where can we find uh, Aeroapplications.com. We're getting back on our Twitter game. Um, it's Aero Apps um, there. So, and then for me, um, it's uh, at Jeff Brooks ATX. 
There we go. So perfect. Well, Jeff, thank you for coming in today. Thank you for sharing all this. Hopefully, you'll bring some jam next time. For sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you.